This is Jamie Lee Ganey, and you are about to enjoy iGosian Airwaves. Welcome back to iGosian Airwaves, that podcast that is the official podcast of iGo Global. And we have another special guest, another true iGosian, tried and true iGosian. And we're doing this obviously via Zoom because she is in Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. I'm not going to talk about that too much, but uh, welcome, former Jimmy, former iGo student, former Super Summer Queen, Abby Hopkins to the podcast. Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's really cool to see you again. It's been a while since you moved to Denver and forgot about all of us and all that. Yeah, so. yeah. Forgot you, who you were until you sent me a text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always try to put my name on the text now. Like, hey, yeah. by the way, this is Shu from Igo. Since you've moved on with your life and all those things. Um, now things are good in Denver. Yeah, things are going really well. You're going to the seminary there. Yes, Denver Seminary. I'm getting my Master of Divinity. Nice. And working at a nonprofit here. Yeah, and uh, living with an Igosian. Living with an Igosian. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. Longtime friend. That's really cool. Longtime friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, we're we're really glad to have you on the show. We like. We like getting Igosians on the show to just basically tell the story. Uh, you know, because you've been a Jimmy, you've been around us a long time. You know that, that we do short-term missions, but the difference is we do it with a long-term impact. So, yeah, and, and that's because of the teaching and the training, but it's really because of what God is doing. He's doing something with Igo to where it creates a long-term impact in these students that experience that uh, teaching and training. And so we love to have Igosians on to talk about that story and I've sent you some questions to kind of like prime the pump a little bit as far as getting getting the thoughts going. But, and Abby confessed she hasn't really spent a lot of time listening to the podcast. So <laughs> she doesn't know that we don't start with the regular questions. We always start with rapid fire questions. Oh, good. <laughs> and these are questions that Abby didn't know was coming. But... <laughs> I may have went to uh, some friends and may have went to other staff members, maybe even got Jake Stacks to give me some questions to ask, <laughs> but uh, we, we always like to see what comes out when we ask some different <laughs> questions. So Abby, if it's okay with you, and even if it's not, we're going to start with some rapid fire. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Number one, this is, we're recording this. I don't know when it'll air, probably maybe air today. It depends on my editing skills and time but uh we're recording this on may the 4th 2021 Mm -hmm. this is the 20th episode of igosian airways by the way 20th wow i'm honored yeah you should be i I don't know what that means but it's it's awesome (laughs) but this is may the 4th so i need to know what your favorite star wars character is of all time okay this is this is really embarrassing. I actually have not watched Star Wars. <laughs> well, guys, that's the show. We're going to go ahead and We're sign done. off. I'm going to add, add some music right now because it's obviously coming to an end. 
Uh, Nate Woodall is a former staff member at IGO and one of our uh, best friends, and he just turned it off. I know that because he is a <laughs> Star Wars fanatic. So he just. I'm so sorry. He's moved on to like Al Moeller podcast at this point. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and put you down as uh, Princess Leia. I think I'll. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that. good. You've, I like yeah. the the space buns. Those were in a few years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah, and they could always come back. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll make it happen. Yeah, I, I figure if it starts in Denver, it'll take over. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever you guys are doing, we all want to do. So, all right. Well, Clay, um, I'm not sure if you're proud of that or if you're realizing that you didn't do didn't do all of your job there, but no Star Wars. <laughs> history with abby hopkins all right we'll move on we'll just hey we're, i'm going to proceed as, as if this is going really well at this point <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire question number two you I, okay you know i know that you grew up a lot of your life in midlothian mm -hmm. which do you know how far midlothian is from panhandle texas mm, i don't know well, I don't multiple hours, multiple hours. I'm not sure. <laughs> probably like five or six, probably at least five or six kind of south and east. I mean, we try to help people understand where these places are in Texas yeah. by, by putting it in context from Panhandle, Texas, where Kai grew up as you would, okay. as you Makes would expect. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Midlothian, it's kind of close to Dallas, but I know that didn't help anybody, but it's, it's very right. much about five or six hours from Panhandle, but you, you didn't graduate from Midlothian high school, right? No, I did not. You graduated from college station, high school, college station, high school. So you spent the last few years of high school <clears throat> in college station. Your parents were in college station. They were at first Baptist college station, right? Ministering mostly to Aggies. And you went to college at the University of Texas in Austin. I did. What's Hope the I'm... best thing about growing up in College Station and then going to UT? What's the best thing about that? Uh, honestly, the good old competition. It just, it feels good to walk around College Station whenever yeah. I went home and to wear a UT shirt and to get <laughs> the worst looks. <laughs> oh, I bet they love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always just got to poke the bear a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Aggies love it when you can come into their town and wear burnt mm -hmm. orange. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of their favorite things. So yeah, your, uh, your parents, they have to explain themselves a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they dissociated from me in public sometimes, but I, I can understand that. And, and probably people didn't even know that you hadn't watched Star Wars or your parents yeah. had like just <laughs> gone into hiding. They would have, they would have yeah. moved to Houston or something like drastic at some yeah. point. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you enjoyed UT though. You kept Austin I did. weird. I loved it. Oh yeah. I was part of that. <laughs> you were, um, no, it was great. I, I think I really loved, I loved the city of Austin and I really loved the program I was in at UT. I think that was one of my favorite things. I did journalism and journalism. Yeah. It was just a really, really solid program. And I met really great people through there. And the church that I went to was awesome. And yeah, I just had a really great time in Austin. Yep. Yeah, I love that journalism degree. Like yeah. I, I tell people all the time, 
if we're really going to make a difference, if we're really going to live on mission, we need to go into some of these fields that Christians are scared of. Yeah. You know, journalism, politics, whatever. Like, we need Christians to go into these fields and earn the right to speak for God there and speak yeah. truth. So I love the fact that you did that. There's cool articles that you've you've written during your time there. And um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll figure out a way to link to some of those. So yeah, thanks. All right. You kept Austin weird. That's good. Um, Naturally. Question number three, and we only do three of these, just so you know, in case you're starting to like get nervous. Question number three. Yeah, sweat a little bit. I think our audience, all 12 people, um, <laughs> we're losing listeners since 2020. You know, I goes in airways, loses luggage. I goes right. in airways, loses listeners. So our audience, I think they need to know what what your rapper name is and if you could tell us the story behind the metro rap battle <laughs> yeah um so my rapper name i think it was a hop yeah it was definitely a hop a hop um yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah jake jake would be sad if you didn't get that right so yeah, yeah it was definitely a hop and basically what happened was the neighborhood that our little truck was in was, I think, the last stop on the metro. I'm pretty sure it was the last stop. This and is in Madrid. This right? is in Madrid, Spain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, La Fortuna was our, oh, yeah. our neighborhood. Yeah. So naturally, whenever you're on the last stop, you are pretty much the only people on the metro. And so, what better way to spend your time than doing a rap battle? <laughs> so we, um, me and Sarah Grace were partnered up and we spent some of our free time writing our raps and the preparation definitely prepared us to win because the other people in our group did not do that and we blew them away. I gotta say it. A -hop. And I still have it on video. A-Hop and SG Money. Wait, I need to see this video. I can send it to you. I'm, I still have it on my phone. I may need. To I think post it might it. be on Facebook too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think you should. <laughs> You're talking about Sarah Grace Freeman. Uh huh. Oh man. Yeah. She's she's a she's one of our favorites too. Yeah, she's great. We yeah. had the same hair, so we we kind of <laughs> went off that, and it was a great rap. Same hair, same suffering in life as. PKs. Yeah. And my kids relate to that. It's like you have so much in common with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's funny. Why would we not rap together? Why would you not rap together? What, what was her rapper name? SG Money. SG Money and A Hop mm -hmm. for the win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We not only do I need to see this video and maybe post this video, but we may need to figure out a reunion of some sort. Yeah, at, I like, think so. You know, this year at our virtual banquet thing, we had Mercy Me sing a song, but maybe <laughs> next year it's the rap duo back together. I can see this. I think that would be iconic. I, I can see us raising a lot of money. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah. And we, I mean, we'd have so much time to prepare. <laughs> I think, I think we would really blow it away. I wish we were still in Madrid because man, there's some good stuff that happened in those years. Yeah. Some good students, some good stuff, some stories I still still don't know. I'm just learning, <laughs> learning even today. That's awesome. You didn't know that we uh, <clears throat> had a rap battle in the Metro? Nope. 
we really took the lesson to be around uh yeah really really to heart yeah hey it's all a process <laughs> it's a journey yeah. <laughs> we, we trust it all it's so great so great well i love that story and uh yeah we need to figure out a way to bring that story back in, in some significant ways the stories are really where we see that long-term impact and we talk about all the time like how do you measure if you say we do short-term missions and a long-term impact how do you measure the long-term impact well you don't like there's not a we saw this many people come to faith or whatever you know that we work in some really tough areas so the measurement for us is like look at the stories look at the look at how these students talk about the change that they experienced. And so I want to talk about that with you. This is no more rapid fire. We're going to, you, you did a great without Thanks. knowing any of that. You did great. And except um, for the star Wars. Yeah. We, we, I wish Nate was still listening, but he's definitely <laughs> gone. Um, we'll, we'll have to, I'll have to beg him to push through. Um, so let me ask you a couple of questions about this long-term impact. And then and oh. let's, let's start with just something either maybe maybe a different story from Madrid, something that <laughs> happened. Uh, and this could even be a Jimmy story since you serve with us that way too. Um, something that happened in your time at IGO that you would say, man, I'll never forget this. I will always remember seeing God do this or something that you experienced. Yeah. Um, so whenever I was in Madrid, it was our day to hand out Bibles at one of the markets. And I just remember being really terrified that day. I was, hmm. um, yeah, for some reason, I think I had heard some stories of people getting rejected in some pretty significant ways. And that just kind of terrified me. And I remember walking around feeling a lot of anxiety in my chest about it. And um, that morning, because we had been going through acts and quiet time and I had gotten to the end and um, right at the end of acts, in chapter 28, verse 31, it's talking about Paul, and it says, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And I just remember the Lord bringing that to my mind in that moment. And um, basically I just prayed like, God, I want this to be characteristic of me, help me to be bold and to hand out Bibles without hindrance in this moment. And it was really cool just the peace that came over me and the confidence that I that I found in the Lord. And I started handing out some Bibles and I approached this woman and asked if she wanted one. And she just said, no, she wasn't rude or anything. She just didn't want one. And I remember walking away and praying for her. And then probably five to 10 seconds later, she just came up and mm. she had a change of heart. She was like, please give me one. And I just remember in that moment, like I can still vividly picture that scene and remember just kind of the awe I was in, in God. And I think that story was just, it was a simple reminder of the fact that God's the one who does the work and he just asked us to be faithful. And he gave me the confidence to ask her if she wanted a Bible that day. And then he did the rest of the work. Um, it wasn't anything that I did to make her change her mind. It wasn't anything I did to make her want a Bible. Um, it was all the Lord moving in her heart. And I think that story just kind of 
brought together a lot of the themes that I had been learning that week and that I've continued to learn um, since that trip of just trusting in the Lord to do the work and being faithful in the small ways he asked me to to obey him. Man, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to I want to talk about where you were going with the some of the teaching and some of the things you're learning, but I love how you just brought that back to the being faithful in the small things because a lot of times you have this idea about if I go on a mission trip, I got to see these big, big things, you know, God's got to do mm -hmm. this and save all the, you know, whatever. But so much of what you're doing is learning to be faithful and trust God in every little thing. Yeah. And I love how you just communicated that. It's just this little bitty thing that has stuck with you forever because it was so clearly God answering mm -hmm. and doing mm -hmm. what only he can do in yeah. that little faithful moment. And I don't think we talk about, We've probably had students on the field reading the book of Acts since at least 2005, maybe <laughs> 2004. <clears throat> I mean, it's just part of what we do. Yeah. And I don't think we talk about enough how much you learn when you read in a mm -hmm. week, you read the whole book of Acts and then you're, you're living out the mission, mm -hmm. how much that connects. I don't think we talk about that enough. So I love the fact that you connected it to something you learned and read that that day, you know, like that, yeah. that's just really cool. Very, very cool story. Once again, Madrid, gotta <laughs> go back. Um, so talk about some of this teaching specific. You, Abby, if Igosians, pretty much, we, we hope they all know our teaching, but I know you know it because you've <laughs> been around it a lot and you've even mm -hmm. taught it. Like you, mm -hmm. as a Jimmy, you turned on the other side of this and helped teach some of these core values and stuff. So how's the teaching that you received at Igo, the teaching that you've kind of embraced, how's that had a long-term impact? How's that impacted your life? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, the teaching really impacted the way I read scripture and whenever something impacts how you read scripture, I think that kind of transforms your life. And so it started there, um, especially with the bottom line. Uh, that teaching really just opened my eyes to just see God's glory throughout scripture and to take my eyes off of myself. Um, I think, I mean, we talk about this so many times we're taught to read the Bible to kind of get something away for ourselves and yeah. like, oh, what did you see in this passage that applies to your life? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like we talk about we're whenever we do that, we're missing the bottom line. We're missing how God is all about his glory and how we are created to give him glory in all that we do. Um, and so I think that as as I started to read scripture in that way, I began to see how the little things that I was doing in my life were also pointing to God's glory. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And especially when I was a Jimmy, you know, that's so behind the scenes. It's not yeah. a super glamorous job, even though Brenna made it look really glamorous with her, <laughs> her photography skills. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it's so much administrative work and printing out papers and just all these behind the scenes things, but that is for the glory of God, you know? And um, I think that teaching really helped me to, to see that and to be content with whatever job the Lord handed to me. Um, 
you know, and even going back to that story, like me handing that lady a Bible was for the glory of God. And I have no idea what happened after that. I don't know if she read it. I don't know what the Lord did in her life, but um, yeah, just seeking God's glory in every small step and every day. I think that's been super transformative for me. And then with, I think with all of um, kind of the core values with ancient work and joy of the sower, hope of the world, I think they took the pressure off of me a lot because I kind of went into it feeling like it's my job to do these things. And, um, you know, with ancient work, recognizing God's been doing this since before he created the world. He's had this plan set in motion and he's been working so, so long before I was even here. And so I don't have to worry that he's not in control now because he's been in control this whole time and he's purposing every single thing together for his, for his plan. Um, and, you know, with like joy of the sower, being content with just getting to plant seeds and um, whatever role God invites me into, just taking, taking joy in that and finding, um, finding joy in whatever part of the journey um, God allows me to do, because it, it is him allowing us to do it. You know, like he doesn't have to invite us into that, but he does. Um, and all of these things together just taught me a lot about, I think ultimately finding contentment and what the Lord has me doing. And I think that's played a lot even into where I'm at right now with going to seminary and being in an administrative role because my days are pretty much doing work that is a lot of tasks and a lot of, you know, I'm doing finance and then studying. And this semester I felt a lot of, oh, well, I'm not engaging with people as much as I should be. And I'm not, um, you know, like doing the actual work. I think that's a temptation that comes into to my head a lot to believe is sure. that somehow my work is less than, but I go teachings have stuck with me in a way that's made me remember like, no, I get to take joy in whatever part of the work God calls me to do. And if that's administrative tasks, then that's administrative tasks and that's awesome. And he is going to use that and it is for his glory. Um, yeah. So just trusting him with my life and trusting him with the ways that he wants to use me and knowing that even if it's the most simplistic thing in the world, like that is his purpose for me. And he's going to get glory because of that if I'm doing it faithfully. Um, so yeah, just a lot of contentment I have learned. Um, and it's still, it's definitely still a battle. Um, but I think those teachings have stuck with me to just help me remember how sovereign he is and how much I can trust him to complete the plan and the purposes that he has placed in my life. You, and you heard it here, folks, that being a Jimmy and doing administrative work <laughs> can actually help you down the road. Yeah, <laughs> It'll set Jimmy. You up. <laughs> That's uh, like, it's so funny because sometimes we're like, hey, Jimmy's a lot of fun, but 
it's also a lot of administrative work. And it's like mm-hmm. almost like that's a bad thing, but it's not. Like it's all part of it. All these things yeah. are necessary roles. You got to have people that are good at that and and do that. And you know, we put you on stage at Super Summer a couple times. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't always behind the scenes, but it was still like yeah. it's preparation. And yeah. I love how you walk through specific teachings. That's that's so helpful. You know, to for people to hear that and you like this and this and this and then form this. I also want to point out, like, these weren't teachings you haven't heard before. Like, you grew up in church. You grew up right. with, uh, as, as a pastor's kid. <laughs> and I, I know your dad. Like, he's a, he's a great teacher and, and understands these things. He's very mm-hmm. missional. So there's just something, there's something different, right? Though, like, you leave that environment. You come here. You hear it in a, maybe a different way or you know that... Mm-hmm. I'm about to have to go do this in Madrid. So you kind of, mm-hmm. you just kind of lean in. So this teaching's for anyone, right? Like it's, you, whether you've heard it all before or never heard it all before, it's God's going to use it. Is that exactly. safe to say? Yeah. And I, I think you experience it whenever you're on the trips. Absolutely. Because there were, there were lots of times where I was in a situation where one of the teachings would come to my head because I was like, oh, this applies right here. Yeah. You know, like I need to have joy in this situation where I don't know what's going to happen 10 years down the line with this person. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's a time maybe in your past or, and definitely in my past where I would have maybe said that handing a Bible to a lady and not knowing what happened, wasn't that great, Mm. but that biblical joy, the sower teaches, you know, you, God lets you do that today. God's going to do whatever he wants to do with it, but he lets you do that. He lets you plant a seed by giving a lady the word of God. That's a, that's a huge, huge thing. And we can celebrate mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's really cool. So long-term impact. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a long-term impact that we've seen for 21 years now. God is doing this through IGO. We, we, we can't control it or even determine it. We just see it in, in lives of students, just like you. So how would you describe that long-term impact from not just the teaching, but the experience, this uh, mm-hmm. being an IGO kid uh, in, in your early days, what, what's the long long-term impact for Abby Hopkins? It's huge. I think there are a few ways specifically that I I've kind of been reflecting on that it's played out. The first is definitely just my confidence in sharing the gospel with people. Hmm. Um, after I went to Spain, we moved a few months later to College Station. That was when we made that move. And leading up to that, I remember in the place I was at, there were a few relationships I had built. And um, just for a few months, I was getting to share the gospel with some of my friends. And then I had to leave and I moved. And I remember being able to be content with what God had allowed me to do in those three months Hmm. or four months um, with the people after I came back from Spain and just um, taking that into College Station where I went next and just continuing to share the gospel with my friends. And God really blessed me in College Station. I um, I had really solid Christian friends and then I also had some really great um, non-Christian friends. And yeah, I was just, I think I was filled with so much confidence in what God could do. And 
I think a lot of that came from the trip mm. and just the lessons that I had learned. And I just, I think I grew so much in feeling comfortable with the gospel, even though I didn't necessarily know all the answers to everything and people sure. would ask me hard questions. Yeah, I just, I grew so much in my confidence in who God was and what he could do. And that played out so much in my relationships with friends. And because I've moved so much since then, um, I think I've just seen God work in really cool ways where he's had me somewhere for a season and I've gotten to pour into people for that season. And then he moves me on somewhere else and and just keeps going. And I think I go definitely when thinking about long-term impact, um, just the ways that small seasons continue on to the next seasons. And I think what I learned there has just continued to grow in every place that I've been, um, specifically with sharing the gospel with people and feeling confident in doing that. And then one of the other things that I go, it was so simple, but it just transformed so much of my walk with the Lord was the prayer walking Hmm. that we did. Um, cause that was so much of our days was prayer walking. Right. And a lot of people would look at that and be like, okay, but when are you going to get to the work? But right. and that was the work that was yes. the work. And that has stuck with me since that trip and has completely transformed my prayer life and just my thought life. And it showed me how to just go through my every, everyday activities and commune with the Lord consistently. And as I'm walking down the street, I can pray for someone that I see that I don't even know. And I think that that was one of the biggest transformations that I experienced was just learning how to, how to constantly pray and how to see that as the work and recognize that if I'm not praying beforehand, then what I'm doing is in vain. And um, I need to be inviting God into, into what I'm doing. And whenever I'm about to share the gospel with someone, like I want God to be a part of that. I want him to be going ahead of me and moving in that person's heart before I even talk to them. Um, and so prayer is crucial and huge. And yeah, I just, I learned so much by prayer walking every day, day in and day out. Um, in Madrid. And so that was really, really transformational for me. Uh, I love that. I love that you talked about prayer walking because it, we tell people all the time, you're going to do a lot of prayer walking. And they're like, ah, I, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you just don't know until you do it. You don't know how rich it is, mm-hmm. how, how much it really is the work. So I love that you connected that. And one, one of our favorite missionary partners, and I'm not going to say his name for security reasons, but also because he's pretty mad at me because we haven't brought a team to him in two summers now because of, <laughs> because of the virus. But I remember several years ago, he described what we were doing at IGO this way. He said, it's like you're, you're, you're training a generation of students to where we could take them and just drop them on any place on planet Earth and say, Go. And they would go live mm-hmm. on mission and they would go yeah. live to, for the bottom line to make, make much of Jesus, to make him famous. And 
I love how you just kind of described that. God's taken me from this season here to this other city and then to this city and, to, and now here in Denver. And it's like, it's kind of like what we wanted to see, Abby. It's like, mm-hmm. you, God keeps putting you in these different places and you just keep living this, this stuff out. You just keep living on mm-hmm. mission. We love, we love how you're doing that. Uh, I love staying, staying connected with you, even though, you know, you blocked my phone number and all, like, I still love watching <laughs> through social media, how God's using you. And I know that you're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff and mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of studying. Cause this is that season in your life where you gotta, you gotta study and you gotta, you gotta give attention to that. But I'm glad that you at least find a little bit of time to go hiking out in the beautiful <laughs> mountains and scenery. I do. Around. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> it's gotta be one of the best reasons to go to Denver Seminary right there is to <laughs> wander around in the in the hills as they mm-hmm. call them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Abby, because we're gonna uh, like wrap up the podcast, I like to bring in a little music here. I'll try to bring in something with a Don- John Denver feel to it. Um, <laughs> who knows? We'll have definitely have some twang that Sarah Arnett loves. The twang, she loves the country <laughs> feel. But it needs to have some Rocky Mountain type of vibe to it i'll try to find oh, it for sure. somewhere somewhere for but sure thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your crazy crazy last few weeks of the semester schedule to uh, be on the podcast thank you for asking me if we can ever do anything to help you in denver of course you need to let us know but yeah we uh, sure. love what you're doing thank you